and how are Kenny, you? Kenny, my man. Hey, how man. are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. Oh, something very bad happened. What are you? What? There's no Joe. He look at this place. A mess. There's no Joe. It's a mess. A mess. I couldn't show up. I don't. They had a party, and Bill was not invited, and what? I was not. I said, I, I must. You're saying I have, Joe isn't even here? He's not here. Well, I can come back another no, day. No, we must I, do it today. You, yeah, he's very busy. Really? Yes, sir, but okay. he's not here today. Are you sure you know what you're doing? No. Okay. Um, I, will be, I am assistant. I will, I've okay. watched him for weeks now. Okay, it's been longer than be, weeks, Kenny. Well, it's been a long time, no, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. you know what? Let's give it a shot. Okay. Let's I give it a shot. That. Don't say shot. This place reeks <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a whorehouse or something. Okay. <laughs> okay. When I... I'm going to point at you. Okay. And I'm going to point at you like this. All right. And that's when you're going to begin, okay? Okay, Kenny. Okay. I Well, let's just okay. give it our... You want some water or something? I'm good. I've got... Good. I think I've got everything. Yeah, all right. Okay, don't... Okay. Calm down, Kenny. Calm what? down. Okay, everything. It's all right. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Great. No Joe. Fantastic. Hit me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit. It's time for Kenny, come on. The number one comedy podcast, podcasting about comedy. Kenny, what is going on? Mark Hershaw. Come on, Kenny. Oh, Kenny. All right. Oh, boy. We're back. This is Mark Hershon, the podfather, as I have been graciously dubbed by Angus Doodle of the Royal and Doodle Show in England, and that's been picked up by other podcasters. I don't know why they refer to me as the podfather, but I'll I'll take it, whatever it means. Uh, we're back with a boatload of clips from a bunch of comedy podcasts for you, the listener. Uh, I was hoping to have our ambassador to the middle, Will Durst, with us in studio today live to plug his new book, Elect to Laugh. That's his new ebook. But this being an election year, it is a political comics busiest season, so he is to be excused. We will get him in here before too long. And we will have one of his bursts so durst coming up at the end of the show. So it's almost like Will is here in spirit. Hey, do I sound thinner to you guys? Over the past three and a half months, I've been on a pretty strict diet. High protein, very low carbs, no fat, no sugar. And I've managed to slough off about 45 pounds. <laughs> Thank you. Boy, that is an ugly word package, isn't it? Slough off 45 pounds. It's like I was walking down the street, minding my own business, and my ass just sort of slid down one of my pants legs and into the gutter. It's not getting any better, is it? Anyway, I feel great, and if only you could see me, I'm taking up a lot less of Studio P than I used to. Let's, um... Let's get to the clips. I'm going to start off with the Fitz Dog Radio. You know, Greg Fitzsimmons has a great show, not just because he's a genuinely entertaining and funny comic, but he manages to get some terrific guests. Recently, he had producer-director Judd Apatow on. And even though Judd's still publicizing the movie This Is 40, I can't believe he's going on to do an hour with Greg, hoping it's going to swell the box office a month into its release, just from a podcast. So he must really enjoy the fact that he... Uh, well, he loves comics and comedians. Uh, he as much as admits it. He himself did stand up for years, which is actually where I first met him. Uh, that and he used to be a PR assistant at HBO way back in the day, which is where I actually first met him. Uh, he may have never broken through as a comic, but I'd say he's more than made up for it. Here is Judd Apatow with Greg Fitzsimmons. That's right. You tweet to help comedians a lot. I do. I'll, every once in a while, I'll tweet just I, like someone, like I'll see a tweet from Doug Benson. Uh, There's 200 tickets unsold for this weekend at my show in San Jose, and I'll, I'll just retweet him. I, I like to uh, 
pay it forward. That's nice. Yes. And you tweet quite a bit. And I'll, I'll, here's the thing about when you tweet as much as you do. I know that you only slept five hours last night. That's because right. Because one of your tweets was at one in the morning and the other one was at like That's seven right. in the morning. That's another thing that annoys <laughs> Leslie. That's, and, and she tracks me. You know, She tracks me through my tweets. And a funny thing was uh, you know, she started giving me a hard time for like staying up late. And tweeting and then being tired and then I'm not helpful and I'm spacey in the morning and I got to deal with the kids. And so I took her phone when she wasn't looking and I unfollowed me on her account. And then for a few weeks, she's like, you're doing great. You're not tweeting at all. You're really focused. And then my daughter's like, he unfollowed himself and busted me so hard. And then she looked back at all my tweets. Do you ever like hold back on your tweets because you think that uh, your wife is going to know something that you think about life and you don't want her to know? Well, she, I didn't realize that my webmaster had hooked my Twitter up to my Facebook so that when I tweet something, it goes there by default. Mm-hmm. And I knew my wife is on Facebook and followed me, but I never knew that the tweets were going there. <laughs> and so sometimes I'd be like, threw a move on the old lady last night, got shut down. Yes. <laughs> right? And then you, we go to school and then the parents, you know, <laughs> all follow me and they'll start yes. saying stuff to her. So, yeah, I do have to hold back a lot, and, and it really sucks because when I was coming up as a comic, it was just about what's the most raw thing. I jerked off thinking about yes. my cousin. Really horrible things. Yes. And the more successful you get, the more that pe- – like Friday night, it's going to be weird because my stand-up is very raw mm-hmm. because it's mostly I'm doing it live in clubs around yeah. the country. Now, all of a sudden, my family's watching it, and it's going to mm-hmm. go out on TV – and so I have to – and I said to myself, no, you're not going to do that. You just got yeah, – like you're saying with your movies. You're I not going to soften it for the hometown crowd. I can't. I got to realize that when I go out there, it's like that's not what makes me funny. Yeah. So if I change it for them at the last minute, I'm doing myself and any of my fans a disservice. Oh, yeah. You can't do that. I made the opposite mistake. My dream was never to be on The Tonight Show. It was, on, it was to be on the HBO Young Comedian special. Oh. So – I was on it in 92. You were? Roddy Dangerfield? It, no, it was Dana Carvey hosted it, and it was me, Bill Bellamy, Janine Garofalo, Andy Kindler, and Ray Romano. I think you know the person that didn't become a big stand-up comedian off that special. <laughs> and so I had never been on cable before. I had done some TV and evening at the Improv and the Dennis Miller talk show, things like that. But I thought, I'm on HBO. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to curse. I'm going to let them see my blue side. Yeah. And... It didn't really work because my jokes weren't that dirty, so I just added fuck to most of them. Yeah. And now they run it all the time. And I'm not that good in it at all. And they run it constantly, and they beep all the curses. So it's a clean act with unnecessary bleeping, That's and it's great. awful. It's just awful. That's it's a terrible great. mistake. So I say you you have to go for it and, and look your, your, your family and your wife in the eye. That is from Fitzdog Radio. Find more, a whole lot more, at gregfitzsimmons.com. He's also on iTunes. Uh, if I can get real for just a moment, uh, I'd like to invite you to rate Succotash if you get the time. We love the reviews we've already been getting on iTunes. It really does help with visibility. So if you could please click over to iTunes, give us some stars. We like five stars, but we're no, not partial to four. I give you six, Mark. Oh, Kenny. Big ass stars. Oh, Kenny, thank you. You know, hey. you, you know, you're you're a little bit better for my ego than Joe is. Well, he doesn't 
like you. Oh, that would, that would account for it. Uh, and if you have time, dash off a sentence or two about succotash, how it's changing your life for the better, perhaps, uh, because those are the sort of things that actually jump us up into visibility on iTunes. There are thousands of podcasts, and the only way to get there uh, where people can see you is to get into, into new and noteworthy. So the better, the more you rate us, the better we do. If uh, you're listening to us on Stitcher Smart Radio, you can give us a thumbs up over there. That helps. And uh, please like Succotash Show on Facebook. Uh, join our page over there. Also, you can follow us at Succotash Show on Twitter. That uh, helps me personally because then I get to see uh, your smiling avatar. Uh, let's keep moving with our clips. We'll go to the Geek Generation. Got a clip in this week from Rob Logan, who's the Grand Poobah over at Geek Generation, where they are just a hair away from hitting their episode 100. He and co-hosts Brian Lipset and Mike Volpe dig into a whole lot of geek culture and have some amazing guests. Uh, for instance, here's the note that accompanied their latest clip. Hey, Mark, even though our 100th episode isn't recorded just yet, I figured I'd send over a clip from an older episode we did in which we interviewed Hollywood producer and former WCW talent Jeff Katz. Jeff was a producer at Shoot 'em Up on Shoot 'em Up, which is one of my favorite movies that nobody ever remembers. Uh, Freddy vs. Jason, Snakes on a Plane, and X-Men's Origins Wolverine. The attached clip is a story Jeff tells about the mistakes that were made in regards to Deadpool's character, ultimately resulting in him leaving production of the Wolverine movie. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this question because I know my audience wants to know, and it's in no way a jab at you, but in, okay. uh, in X-Men Origins Wolverine, what happened to Deadpool? Well, again, that's the whole reason I quit. So that's why I'm telling you this entire thing. But okay. exactly what happened is they, they didn't want to listen. Uh, the, and, only and, reason, the only reason he gets his mouth back – to give you a little history. Yeah, okay. I, at New Line, I didn't work on Blade 3, but Cale Boyer, who was a close friend of mine there, the executive and I, would just always swap ideas around. So as it happened, I got Triple H put in that movie, and Ryan Reynolds, who was sort of a new line kind of grown guy, and I just happened to get to know each other. Okay. And so Ryan Reynolds, and who has become, a, you know, been friends with for a while, and David Goyer, who was directing Blade 3, and I, basically looking at the fact that Ryan was stealing Blade 3, the premise became, all right, the right character for Ryan is Deadpool. Mm -hmm. He is tailor-made to be that character. Oh, yeah, he it's felt like Deadpool close. in Blade. It's, it was so it, similar. It's just perfect. It's it is. Ryan is hey, Ryan's not Green Lantern. He's fucking Deadpool. Oh, thank right. God. Thank <laughs> you so much for saying that. Uh, and so... Uh, I get hired at Fox, mm -hmm. and now again, we try to do it at New Line, and they decide instead of doing Deadpool, they want to make the Night Stalkers, which would have been the direct Blade sequel. Sure. Project never ends up going anywhere and falls apart. But Ryan falls in love with the character and just wants to do it. And so I go to Fox, and I'm hired at Fox, and I'm told that Wolverine is going to be a $70 million, almost R-rated uh, 70s revenge movie. That was what I was hired to come in and do. Mm -hmm. I was also told I was going to be making Marvel Civil War the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So we get there. And basically what ends up happening is they decide that by virtue of the writer strike and where the release date would have to, it was going to go from originally being like a, a winter release to then a summer release, mm -hmm. that now it has to be this like X-Men 4 hybrid. So suddenly yeah. they're saying we want Gambit in it. We want Emma Frost, even though it doesn't make any sense, et cetera. <laughs> so when they start coming down to the villain stuff. Uh, originally, I want to say, like, Sabretooth was always in it, but I, I think there was, like, a clone element or some shit when mm -hmm. I first started. Um, but basically, they took Deadpool. The idea was always, okay, 
Ryan Reynolds is a good friend of mine. I can get him to come in for like two or three days, shoot this thing off as a cameo, and then you do the Deadpool movie and it's a no-brainer, yeah, right? absolutely. They decided they like the Deadpool name. And oh, that's it. God. They, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, they clearly created a character's yes. abilities around a so name. So we're sitting there, Kevin Feige and myself mm-hmm. and Derek Hoffman, who works for Dick Donner's company, going, guys, you're leaving so much money. It's like buying the WCW uh, library, uh, bringing it into WWE, and then not hiring Goldberg and Dallas Pay and the guys yep. that meant that Ric Flair and the guys that would have made it work. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there going, like, you're leaving money on the table. If you want to go take, like, a Meg- Omega Red or whoever and do that, great and they they just ultimately didn't want to listen and so it literally came down to them going like we don't want a guy talking in the middle of the fight that's cheesy and i'm like well that's every action movie ending ever (laughs) and it almost became a thing about obstinance to be like we're going to show you that the the uh we're right the comic fans are wrong and it it doesn't matter and so in a fit of irony i'm sitting here and i'm still sitting on the location watching all this stuff go on and and ultimately came back and quit almost immediately because i knew the deal I'm not going to mm-hmm. sit there and go, uh, yeah. guys, the name of the, the character under his name on the book says the Merc with a mouth. Yeah. For God's sakes, you think I don't know? So, uh, I get, and more importantly, I get Ryan to do this as a favor. Ryan's yeah. doing this for, like, no money. You have no idea, okay? In the middle of shooting two other movies, might I add, wow. uh, because he's passionate about doing it. And might I add, when he's doing the stuff in the first act of the movie, he steals his shit. He's great. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's some of the it's some of the stuff that works in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'll tell you as a funny story. So I get up and I, I and you know and basically we have a meeting at a point in time in Australia. Just to give you a quick example, where um, there's like six of us in a trailer, and the head of the studio has come down, who is the big opponent of making Deadpool talk. And uh, I'm trying to describe to him like why this is going to have a, a fallout, and he says, No, 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 no. This is exactly how we deal with it. You'll love this. And this is what was pitched. <laughs> Uh, Wolverine walks to the door, door opens, it's like the Darth Maul reveal, and it's Deadpool, but he's got no mouth, right? And Wolverine looks at him and he says, gee, Wade, guess you're the Merc without a mouth now. Oh, wah, wah, They're going to love it. <laughs> so I'm oh, like, we're God. fucked. <laughs> I think every every clip we have is going to end with fuck in it, apparently. But so be it. That's just the way things are some weeks. Uh, so you can geek it up at thegeekgeneration.com. They are on iTunes, they are on Zune, and they are on Stitcher Smart Radio, just like us. Uh, hey, Kenny. What? Um, is, you know if Bill Haywatt's here today? Because I noticed the, I mean, the play... He's here. Well, the, the wet bar is, I thought it was set up, but it just looks like it's a mess from this party last night, so I didn't know if he was going to be in it. Bill some... has something up his sleeve for you. Oh, he does? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, I'm just wondering. I just... Oh, no, we'll be drinking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, for those of you who don't have their own podcast yet, is there anyone left who doesn't? There is a crazy bunch of networking that goes on between a lot of the shows. A bunch of us are part of a group called the Independent Podcast Alliance that kicks stuff around on Facebook, for instance. But there are smaller cadres, affiliations, alliances that send messages around on Twitter and Facebook all the time. I've gotten to know a lot of podcasters from around the world and some from a lot closer, like Travis Clark of the Tiny Odd Conversations podcast out of Los Angeles. He and his co-host, his wife Brandy, recently got into a thing where he managed to cajole her into being the centerpiece for something called the Hashtag Comedy Show. I wanted to find out more, so jumped onto Skype, and here's the scoop. On the phone from Los Angeles? Well, not phone. It's Skype. So it'll probably crap out about three times during the conversation. (laughs) Uh, Is Travis Clark, one half of the hosts of Tiny Odd Conversations. 
Hello, Travis. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Good to finally have you on. We've uh, featured your show and talked about you, and here you are live. Well, you're live to me. I'm live to you, yeah. (laughs) In perpetuity, and this moment is live for the two of us. That's right. That's right. And uh, I want to get you on. We're uh, we're about to play a clip from Tiny Odd Conversations. But before we get to that, you have an exciting live event coming up uh, called the Hashtag Comedy Show. And why don't you tell the, uh, the listeners how it all came about? It really kind of all came about in a very organic and at one point kind of sarcastic way. Uh, I am a comic. Um, My wife, who is my co-host on my show, is not. She is just married to a comic. So therefore, she is my Um, (laughs) co-host. In life as as well as in podcast. Exactly. In fact, I've started introducing her that way. I'm my co-host in life and on the air. so we were doing an episode uh, about a month ago now, and uh, we do a, a reoccurring segment on the show where I talk about science. I proclaim, pro- proclaim myself to be a doctor astronaut scientist. <laughs> and uh, we were going on. We were talking about stuff. And Brandy, who is uh, my wife and co-host, she kept saying uh, – just kind of like punctuate stuff with like a funny you know, kind of chime in punchline. She kept saying hashtag – of go to Mars, hashtag asteroid or, or whatever it was. And Brandy's not really great at social media. She, she doesn't, she still doesn't, I don't even know if she really knows what a hashtag is and how to use them, <laughs> but she knows that that's things that people say. That's what I love about her. She's just willing to kind of go there. So um, we had just put a donate button up on uh, our website, talkpod.com uh, to kind of help offset the cost of doing the show. It really, I, it really works, doesn't it? Just, oh, so, yeah, next man, thing you the know, money just comes flowing in. You can't, you just, you're like, gosh, man, I'm going to have to be in a different tax bracket this year. I feel a little embarrassed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we had just put it up and kind of as to, to bring it up on the show and whatever I, I, I joked with her. I said, you know what? If we can get $20 in donations by the, by the end of the month, uh, you're going to have to do a full comedy album before I ever release one. And we'll call it the hashtag comedy album. And, uh, that just became like a little throwaway joke on the show. Well, we raised the 20 bucks like the day the, uh, the episode came out. In fact, I believe you were a, a contributor to that. I believe I was. And then, uh, Angus Doodle of the Royal and Doodle show kind of ingeniously, I might add, taunted me on Twitter. He said, well, you raised the money. If you raise more, what are you going to do? Mm. So I, I was like, well, that's, that's a challenge. So I decided. People seem to be interested in hearing my non-comic wife do comedy. So let's put on a live show. Let's put on a whole live show where Brandy's foray into stand-up. She'll, she'll, get to, she'll get to play basically the best show she'll ever do if she just chose to keep being a stand-up. Sure. So why, yeah, why uh, go to an open mic when you exactly. go to a whole special show devoted to you? <laughs> Exactly. With audience that wants to support you, that thinks you're funny, that wants to laugh, that wants to be there. So I, I said if people started you know, contributing, um, we would do this show. And uh, people have con- – and, and this isn't for profit. I'm not really uh, – I'm under no delusions that we're going to retire on this. I just <laughs> wanted enough money to kind of set up uh, kind of a slush fund to cover the costs of getting a venue, hiring a sound person. And you know, as a comic, doing a show for free is kind of part of the – 
I don't know, the, the machine of, of, of trying to get your comedy out there. But I, I've always enjoyed getting paid to do what it is I think I'm professional at. And I know a lot of very professional comics. And I feel like if I was like, hey, man, you want to come do a show where my non-comic wife is going to do some time? They'd be like, what's it pay? So I, That's uh, true. Although it, it really would suit your wife to have to do her own bringer show. That's true. Well, in a way it is because I'm, I'm going to make sure uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of making sure that the guarantee I'm giving the venue we're going to do some of that is her. She's got to make sure she gets people out or I'll take her off the lineup. Hey, I'm producing this. There thing. you go. I, Absolutely. I Absolutely. Well, but, that sounds uh, great. And so uh, when is it? Where is it? And uh, what can people do to get there? Well, here's how uh, I wanted to do it sooner than we're actually doing it. But just the logistics of trying to get touring comics in town at the same time is kind of hard. But uh, what the show is going to be November 11th at a place called The Other Door, which is here in uh, North Hollywood, California. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's actually a bar, but it's a really big bar. They have bands and comedy. I've actually done comedy and, and hosted a couple of shows there. Uh it's going to be um, – right now I definitely have a, a comic by the name of Henry Phillips who's a good friend of mine sure. and really funny. He's definitely doing the show. Um, I got some some asks out to some other buddies just trying to make sure that they're in town for it. And um, I, 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 I'm not entirely sure if I can live stream the show. That was the kind of original plan. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm still trying to work that out with – uh, the venue, okay. but I am at least going to video Brandy's portion and we'll put that up on YouTube and every donor is going to get a link and a, and a copy to it. Um, I can't guarantee that all the comics are going to be cool with me taping their sets. Cause some people get weird about stuff like that. Yeah. Cause you know, if you're trying out new material or if you've got a big appearance coming up, you don't want, you want that ability to, to, to have, you know, freedom, you know, to not have to have, have everything solidified at that moment. And, you know, just tell them to do their old stuff. <laughs> yeah, just do the hits, man. Come on. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, be Motley Crue. Come out, start with Shout at the Devil, call it a night. That's what I'm asking for. Well, um, this is great because I'm actually scheduled to be in L.A. that weekend. So Really? Oh, yes. that's fantastic. And I will well, be staying in Burbank, so well, I'll be right around the corner. That's the thing um, I wanted to say, too, that every person who donates uh, at least five bucks is guaranteed to have um, – a, a spot to come to the show. You, uh, I think we're going to have to charge a, 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 a cover uh, at, at the, at the venue. I don't want it to be more than five bucks. I'm still working out that thing, but if you've donated, I will put all of the, li- all of the people who've donated on a guest list so that you guys get in for no additional money. And if you just know somebody in the area and you donated, you're like, Hey, I gave you five bucks, but my buddy Bill lives in the area. Give me Bill's name. I'll put Bill on the list, you know? That's so, great. um, I'm actually going to be putting up some uh, like an old guitar I never play on eBay just to get the money to do this. Just because how much much money do you need? I think it's a a total. I'm hoping no more than 500 bucks to do the whole thing. Let's shoot high because, you know, when you invite people to a party, only a percentage show up. So that's true. (laughs) Let's say you need a thousand dollars. Did I say 500? I meant I need a thousand dollars is what I mean. Where's the website where people can go and give you 
donations. Uh, T-O-C-P-O-D.com, talkpod.com. There's a donate button on the side that's always kind of floating there. And then there's actually a hashtag comedy show info tab, which I'm trying to update as soon as we get information. I try and update it at least once or twice a week as more info comes in. I'm glad I'm going to be on the guest list for the hashtag comedy show because the day before the show, I'm in a poker game and generally it's an <laughs> annual poker game and I always lose all my money. So... It'll be good to be able to go somewhere and uh, lick my wounds. Well, come and laugh your sadness off at our, <laughs> at our little show that we're putting together. Well, this is going to be great, Trav. Thanks for uh, talking to us. And uh, uh, looking forward to see how that $1,000 comes in. We'll keep in touch <laughs> yeah. with you. I'll let you know. Thanks so much for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. You got to take care. All right. So that's uh, Travis Clark. If you're going to be in L.A. November 11th or just know someone who is since they will uh, if you donate, they'll give your ticket to a friend if they're lo- local or if you just want to help out, jump up to TalkPod, T-O-C-P-O-D dot com and click out a little donation action to the cause. I will be there. Should be fun. Here's a little taste of Travis and Brandy doing their thing on Tiny Odd Conversations with their first ever cooking segment featuring guest chef Eddie Vetter. I'm really excited about this. We've been wanting to do something like this for a long time. Um, you know, cooking segments are really popular on TV, uh, on radio shows, and, and on other podcasts. And uh, I've wanted to have uh, this, our next guest on for a while to to share some of his recipes because he's a great chef, although a lot of people don't know him as a chef. True. Uh, he's kind of made his name in the music business as a lead singer of a, of a pretty big band. Yeah, um, you may know it. Yeah, you might know it. A- anyway, but uh, this is totally different for us. We've never done anything like this before. We're actually in our kitchen. Uh, we have all the microphones and, and mixing boards and all this shit actually in the kitchen because we're going to be uh, going over this recipe with our guest live here in the kitchen and, and trying to share his recipe with you guys. Um so I actually have some prep work that I need to do to make sure everything's ready because, you know, I do produce this show. So as the producer, I got to make sure the guest is comfortable and, and that all the stuff is prepped. So What I, about me? Well, you, you, you <laughs> as the co-host are going to have to kind of drive this. So you are going to bring on our guest. Uh, you'll interview him. He'll tell you all about the cooking stuff. Uh, I'll be in the background. I may chime in a little bit, but mostly it's just going to be you, Brandy, and our guest. Okay. So let me go uh, <laughs> fuck off in the kitchen and make sure everything's ready to go and get everything preheated and all that stuff. So uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, you know him as the lead singer of Pearl Jam. We know him as that really cool guy who's also a chef. Welcome to the show, Chef Eddie Vedder. Hey, 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 hey. I'm happy to be here on your show. Oh, I'll be cooking. Oh, actually baking. Because we're going to make chocolate chip cookies. Oh, well, Eddie, we are so happy to have you here. I'm so sorry that all that other shit happened, but like this is fucking amazing. Like you're fucking Eddie Vedder and you're a chef and you're like going to bake some shit. Hey, I fully understand. Sometimes life gets in the way. All right. So I used to watch uh, Alternative Nation a lot in the 90s. Oh, and, <laughs> and 120 minutes with Matt Penfield. That's absolutely true. And I got to say, like, you've been singing a bit. And with all the interviews, whatever, they never did. I never, they they never talked about this. What happened? I don't like to talk about it much. But since you brought it up, I suffer from something called Vitter Syndrome. Where I can't stop singing. Oh, 
I can't stop singing. I always have one of my melodies in my head. That's fucking be annoying. Well, <laughs> Wait, but it's your all, songs, right? All five doctors that I've seen said it is perfectly survivable. It just takes a little getting used to. I guess it so. all goes back to when I was a very young boy at school. What happened at school? I was surrounded by some kids at play when I fell off the monkey bars and hit my head. And ever since then, I've been singing, oh, I've been singing at least one of my songs, usually off the 10 album, because that's the one I'm the most familiar with. (laughs) Did they fucking push you off? Well, my bitter hands <laughs> slipped off the bars, and I fell all over everything. <laughs> what a fucking bummer. <laughs> all right, but, like, thank you. We don't need to, to harp on your uh, disability. Do you consider yeah, it a disability? I'm not disabled, please. I'm able-bodied. Please try not to think or treat me any differently than you would anyone else all right well then let's just because i'm famous and have a brain disorder <laughs> doesn't mean i'm not just like you <laughs> yes well it's a bit intimidating but you know you're super handsome and i love you to death and uh it's you're singing it's serenading to me so that's all i'm considering oh, and also i am here to cook some cookies. I know. Oh, cookies. Who doesn't like a good cookie? <laughs> Chef Eddie Vetter on Tiny Odd Conversations. Uh, get more of that at TOCPOD.com. You can also hear the show on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. We got a clip from a show down under that I haven't heard of before called Pod Socks, P-O-D-D-S-O-C-K-S. Here's what co-host Chris Francis had to say about their show. I happened to stumble upon your tweet about asking for a three to five minute clip, so I thought I may as well throw you one from one of our recent episodes. See attachment. Here's a short spiel about our show. Pod Socks is an Aussie comedy podcast where three Australian 20-somethings sit down and talk about important things that matter in the universe and beyond in a fun and comedic way. These individuals ask the big philosophical questions and discuss current events, pop culture, tell personal stories from their lives, and analyze conspiracy theories. The four guys involved are Ben Dunlop, Chris Francis, Nathan Press, and Jack DeZwart. Uh, they sort of sound like a Australian version of England's I Am Idiot. Uh, but why don't you give a listen and decide for yourself? So what you're saying is that you believe that every single human being is evil, fundamentally. Yeah. I think every man's bad in certain situations with absolute power, of course, yes. So if Gandhi was given, like, nuclear weapons... That's, 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 that's like, you know, that's where you've got to, like, ask yourself, like, will the Dalai Lama act the same way as these people acted? No, he wouldn't because the Dalai Lama has been raised differently. So, so would have Gandhi to what these people have been raised. So not all men are evil. Well, I think that I'd say majority, I'd say like 99.9% of all men are evil with absolute power. There'd be that unique 0.1% that has been raised really spiritually or like, you know, like. In but what that- does that say about humanity if humanity is capable of that? 
that they were pretty fucked up species. But I think we already knew that. So why do we have empathy then? If someone's in pain, you feel something, right? Like you you don't want pe- other you don't want to see other people in pain. But then if you're given absolute power and then you cause that pain, why I don't understand. You don't like seeing anyone in pain that you know personally, that you have affection for, or someone that you you feel for. It's like when you watch a movie. Well, uh, when the, you see those little fucking TV ads with the little uh, Ethiopian kids and they're starving and there's flies crawling out of their mouth, I feel empathy for that. That's that's bad. Do you do anything about it? No, because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We obviously don't have much empathy for him then. You go, oh, what a poor person in Africa. No, I mean, I feel bad for him, but I'm not going to, like, dish out some of my cash. (laughs) (laughs) Then you obviously don't have much... (laughs) Then you obviously don't have much empathy for him. No, there's a difference between feeling bad for him and doing something. But if you saw, but if you saw, like, if you saw, you know, if you saw, like, um, let's just say your cousin or even, you know, your parents in that, on that ad... You know, you'd fucking do everything you could. Yeah. That's normal, though. It's you, But that's the thing, though, is we have empathy. Well, of course you're going to do more for your family. That's, but that's I all... Still, no, I, I still feel bad for the little African No, kids, you don't. Obviously, you don't. Do any, I do. No, you don't. I do. I'm just not no. going to do anything about it. No. <laughs> I don't feel empathy for them because they don't sell it well enough on TV. <laughs> how, how could they sell it better? <laughs> they need to act more destitute. <laughs> If I saw it... I'm not convinced. Yeah. <laughs> they need to be more desperate. <laughs> no, it's that... No, it's not like that. It's just that... The production values of the ad aren't good enough for them. <laughs> like, there's not enough 3D. No, it's not... <laughs> no, it's not that at all. It's that... I don't... It's not affecting me. So how can I feel empathy for something in which it's not affecting me? Empathy is that human reaction. If you see someone... It doesn't matter who they are. If you see them putting their hand on like a a stove or a hot plate and you, you see it burn, you see smoke rise from their flesh, you feel something from that. That 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 raises an emotion called empathy. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. It's a human reaction to feel something for it. The people that don't feel anything are sociopaths and fucking serial killers. Okay, that's uh, Pod Socks, and you can find them at Pod, again, that's P-O-D-D-S-O-C-K-S dot com. Uh, also, Every the- one of your clips ended with fuck. So far, you're right. We're, you know, we're- Four for four, fuck. Yeah, isn't that weird? Fuck, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're also on iTunes and Zoom. Uh, it is time to leap into the tweet sack. Uh, let's have a, a gander in there this week. You know, you don't even have to send email into this show. Just mention at Succotash Show in a tweet, and if it seems even vaguely interesting, even in a self-promoting kind of way, we may just mention it in the tweet sack. Such as this tweet that was twatted this this week uh, from at Sir John Archer at Succotash Show. Have you guys checked out at Alice Pagnola and her Power Hour drinking game? There's a show for you. And then there was a reply from at Alice Pagnola. Heck, yeah. 
she says. Well, we have not checked out the Power Hour drinking game yet, but it sounds like fun, so I may just have to have Bill Haywatt go on assignment and check out the Power Hour drinking game. I think I helped write it, Marcus. <laughs> there, I will be there, there with, with bells on. There, you, there you are, Bill. I'm looking forward to having you in here in a few minutes. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, also on the Twit stream this week was a lovely artist rendering of yours truly. Uh, before I shaved off my my Van Dyke, um, so you'll see facial hair on this rendering when I put it up on the blog site. Uh, but it was from Angus Doodle of Royal and Doodle Podcast. Um, it's me, I think, overseeing a bowl of what must be succotash. It's a striking likeness, and I will put it up on our home site uh, by the time this show goes up. Speaking of blog entries, I have a standing offer to any comedy podcaster who has a blog as part of their show that I will add a link to that on our blog roll on the right side of the panel on our blog at SuccotashShow.com. This week, for instance, I heard from Jesse P.S. asking if I would link their blog from Pod Awful, And of course, it is actually Jesse already up there. I got a note from John Anilio. See how easily I can say his name now that he's become a friend of Succotash? John Anilio. Just like that. I am so very self-proud. Anyway, his new album that he's been talking about is finally out. Uh, It's an album of comedy and sci-fi music. It has dropped this past week. He polled uh, anyone who's ever been a customer of his online to uh, choose from one of about six different album titles. And uh, he picked the one that I also thought was the best. His new album is called Laser Zombie Robot Love. And not only are, are there about 20 tunes on this sucker, but he's only charging a measly five bucks for it. Now, you can pay more. It's actually a sliding scale. You can donate more if you like. But for just a fin, you're going to get a bag full of music like this charming ditty. Here's Angry Robot. souls from meat bags and set them free his asimovian circuit wouldn't let him kill just anyone he met angry robot plotting the overthrow of all mankind angry robot thoughts of Armageddon Ships and blood become one entity. The human system software is a 
acoustic version of Angry Robot by our buddy John Anilio. You can get Laser Zombie Robot Love by visiting johnanilio.com, J-O-H-N-A-N-E-A-L-I-O.com, or to make it a little easier, visit us at succotashshow.com and look for his album cover in the right-hand column, and there's a link directly to his site. That is going to do it for the tweet sack this week, but before we get back to the clippage... When I was talking to Travis Clark at Tiny Odd Conversations, he suggested a, an idea for a new line of pants to pass along to our Henderson's Pants sponsor. So I have done just that. Mr. Haywatt, if you please. Hello, dear listeners. Yes, I said listeners, because we've been paying attention at Henderson's Pants. And we know that the majority of the audience out there in podcast land are, well podcasters. And there's nothing wrong with that. Why, some of our best friends are podcasters. Of course, most don't have two pennies to rub together, and we wouldn't let our sister marry one. But still, podcasters are good people. And that is why, at Henderson's, we are pleased to introduce Succotash Shorts. Named for the podcast that we proudly stand behind, these are sturdy little podcasting pants made with the same sense of enduring hope and intrepid spirit that is found in today's legion of podcasters. Like you, we know that your audience is out there just waiting for their chance to step forward and be heard. But until they do, you'll be stepping forward in style in Succotash Shorts. Made from tough denim twill and featuring double-stitched seams, these pants are built to take all the punishment that podcasting can dish out, no matter how unwieldy your equipment might be. Succotash shorts have double-wide, double-deep pockets to hold microphones, cables, digital recorders, thumb drives, SD chips, and all the other crap you think is going to make your show sound better. And speaking of chips, since we know podcasters love to snack, you'll appreciate the side-mounted candy dispenser on one hip, as well as the chip and dip tray on the other. We've even added a detachable beverage cozy to keep your precious beer icy cold during the hours you'll spend trying to get your show recorded and uploaded to the intraware. These knee-length knickers are finished off with a final touch discriminating narrow casters are sure to enjoy. Once you pull on your succotash shorts and zip up the heavy-duty fly, seal the deal by clicking the donate button in front of the pants. Just don't expect a lot of other people to do the same. Originally designed for Guillermo Marconi, Philo T. Farnsworth, NBC Blue, and the AV Club at Redwood High School, Henderson Succotash shorts are available wherever you find two cans and a string. That's Henderson's, makers of sound slacks and loud fashion since 1897. And now back to Succotash. Ah, thank you, uh, Bill Haywatt. Thank you, Henderson's. I can hardly wait to get myself a pair of them snappy podcaster shorts. Uh, podcaster pants, sorry, they're succotash shorts. And uh, Bill, Bill, please come in. 
Our, our whole, yes. our, there are some our, of us have not deserted this sinking ship. I'll tell you that, Mark. <laughs> our whole inter-studio inter, uh, oh. inter, inter, inter system is not working. I'm good. How are you? Good, well, you? good to see you. Look a little discombobulated. I just was not expecting this. Kenny told me that the studio was in horrid, horrid shape, and it really looks like there's been a wild party here. It is a shambles. No one has invited me to it. I feel hmm. left out. I wasn't invited, but I, I, I don't really right. work I here. I mean, I just... know what happens here, but... But I do have a Boozing with Bill segment. Oh, thank is, God. Boozing with Bill. That is a very sort of apropos the what we are finding here. Please step over to the okay, wet bar. Okay, over to the wet bar. Here we go. Yes, ah. well, we are ready. I've got two big glasses right oh, here. Oh, boy, all right. Mark, here's a drink I'd like to tell you about that I created. Probably the first drink I ever had as a young oh, man. What, I must station, have been, what radio station was this from? Oh, I was still at home with living with my parents. I must, <laughs> couldn't have been more than 12 or 13, and that's why I must tell you. Friends, if you are under 21, please don't follow my advice. Don't do this drink. Only try this drink if you are over 21. It's very important. Very responsible. But yes, oh, of course. You. But nice. you know, when I would wake up after my parents who were very serious parties, there was a time when people would drink a lot of great alcohol. Oh, well, yes. I would wake up early in the morning and I would see what was left. And I would mix that together <laughs> and I would make a wonderful, tasty beverage. Oh, my and God. well, let's see, first of all, we have here, well, I've. Got a little Guinness here, all right, where we're going to start off with a jigger. And it's best when all served as room temperature. Oh, well, you have okay? no choice of it. That's just right. party Absolutely. drinks. Absolutely, it's party drinks. But it's, really good. <laughs> it's really good party drinks. Now we're going to start with a little a, a jigger of, of, of Guinness. Okay. And, uh, okay, that's good. We're going to let that oh, sit there for now. Very uh, straight straightforward. Straight I'm just going to wander around right. here and see what else I can find oh, here. All right. All right. So it's a, oh, it's over oh. here by the drums. I found another. Oh, oh there's okay. too much... Uh, too much uh, cigarette ash in this one. I uh -oh. must find something else All here. Right. Uh, here, this will be working. That's, okay. Okay, now we have a little bottle of Anchor Steam. So, so we're going to put in... Yes, it's sort of, we've got sort of a basic, basic black and tan here. All right. We're so we're going to put in a little generally little beery. more. It's, okay. it's very beery, yes. Yeah. And so we're Wallace gonna... Beery, <laughs> one, of your, one of your contemporaries. Yes, we used to work together. So then we can put that in there. So we've got a little anchor steam, a little Guinness stout. And I'm going to go look around a little bit more, see what else I can find. Oh, yes. Oh, it's yeah. the banquet beer. Oh, no. Of course. It's like Coors Rocky Mountain High. So we're going to put a little Coors in here now. Okay. Now, I know you weren't at this party, but who at the studio drinks Coors? I, 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 I. I I, I'm sorry, I, I don't know. Brent Osborne. Brent Osborne. It has right? to be him that Brent comes by it. once in a while. Well, I think that he listens to Dave Fleming, and he says, open up a nice glass of course for nice. this, for this, uh, the, the beginning of the, the Giants, the, the Emmy-winning Giants, the, 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 well, they won something, didn't they? Okay, that's what, you know, we got all of that in there, so we got black, tan, and blonde, we're sort of covering all the bases. <laughs> nice. Now we got to look for something a little harder. All right, a little harder. all right. All right. Oh, oh, oh look oh, at this. Okay. Right, I'm, like, I'm going to do the smell test on this little bastard here. Yeah, what could that be? Oh, I bet it's a... Uh, mm, it smells like tequila. Okay, well, Ooh. we're going to put a little bit of that in there. A little splash there. Oh, okay, no. oh, yeah, but not a whole bit. That's cause this oh, is, boy. This is something that you want to drink before you go off to school, see? Yeah. Oh. So you don't want to get too fucked up. Uh, all right. Okay, i got to look a little bit more for some... Another right. thing to splash it off. I just over here. Oh no, this one. No, someone left their underwear in this one. I can't oh. get that. This was a while. I'm bitter. Joe's wow. Joe's gonna have to tell me about what happened here. Oh, well, it smells like. Oh, geez, it smells like Chambord. Just a little what? bit of that. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh, okay, oh, all right. Now we got a little bit of that. Well, here's another thing that when my sainted mother was dying, 
She had a, uh, a caregiver who said that if she drank beer through a straw, it always got her a little more of a buzz. Oh, okay. So this is what I would do. You don't really have much time to stir it up because you're running out of the house before your parents catch you. You know what? I'm glad you know? to see that nobody got into your stock nobody of, got of in, absinthe. Of absinthe. We didn't use party. absinthe. I'm yeah, saying, keep that locked up. Yeah. Don't stir it too. Okay. We'll stir it up a little bit. Um, now we're going to drink this. Do you know what I call this? I, yeah. Starter kit. I like it. It's the starter kit. It's the starter when I was kit. a young man, 12 or 13, on my way off to Fairmont Middle School, this is what I would drink when my parents would have a party on the Sunday night before. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Oh. Mm. Ugh. Oh. But oh. you don't drink it for the taste. You mm. drink it to ease the pain. I know, and the fact mm. Joe's not here this week, I'm, mm. drinking, I'm drinking this to ease the pain, mm. believe me. Mm. Wow, do you have a problem with Kenny? Mm. He's good, isn't Kenny's, he? Kenny's a delight. I don't know. He takes a lot Kenny of... Kenny is a delight. Oh, geez. I, well, it's very good. Mm. Mm. Gets better the You know what? It, it the gets deeper me, I get. The deeper you get, the better it is. So this is one is like the empty from the Guinness, uh, the empty from the Anchor Steam, uh, the empty from the Coors, the banquet beer, and a little bit of whatever tequila else you can and, find. Okay. Tequila, a little Chambord to give it the fruity uh, the But fruity really, it's whatever is available. Well, it is. It changes from time to time. But we call it the starter kit. Mm. It's the gateway to much harder alcohol. Mm. To your health and to and mine to and to Joe's, and wherever to the hell he is. Mm. 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 Uh, that's all I got. Uh, <laughs> that's all I got week. for you. Uh, next time I'll try something Thanks, that, that will not involve barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna since I've already done my job. I'm gonna mine, finish yours mine. too. Mm. 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 Damn, that's good. Okay. Oh. Can I go back to the, the yes? The thing if, now? if you can find your way. I will. Sure. Oh, there was a door. There. See, Shit. I told oh, you. Sorry. Oh. Bill, hey, what? Oh, boozing with Bill. Uh, I'm going to put up the recipe that we just uh, imbibed, but um, the starter kit is really, as far as I can tell, it's really sort of the spirit of whatever's left in the bottle. Uh, when I used to work at a comedy club in Seattle, we used to joke about having to be the guy that drained the uh, the drain, you know, the the mat underneath all the drinks at the end of the night, and that was going to be that was your yeah. start. Thank you, thank you, Bill Haywatt. All right, let's get back into this with. Um, well, first of all, I love the concept for this next podcast. We played a clip before. Uh, since the, coast, uh, the host, comedian Cash Levy, which is a great name, uh, first told me the concept when he was playing the Throckmorton Theater here in Mill Valley for Mark Pitta and friends uh, uh, months and months ago. It's called Cashing In, and it's supposed to be a regular talk show style podcast with various guests. But every episode, the guest who is scheduled never shows up. And comedian actor T.J. Miller is always called to fill in. So it's uh, the proper title is Cashing In with T.J. Miller. And so he fills in every show. Here, here's, here they get into a riff about going back to where you grew up to do a comedy show in the kind of reception you often get from the old hometown crowd. I just said I haven't been to Santa Rosa in a while. That was during my Q&A section. I always do a Q&A at the it, end. It was... You know, when you're a celebrity of my stature... <laughs> I like to pull up a stool. Sometimes I do it just to, to open the show. Sometimes I don't do any jokes. Is it just pull up a stool and just do a Q and A. Isn't that the worst? Any questions? I think that's the worst. <laughs> just at the end of a show, being like, "Do you have any questions for me about my career or things that I've done?" I'm so important. Can you just ask me questions so I feel even more uh, grandiose? Even more important. Yeah. Well, that's because they did that. I went back to Denver. You I did, was, yes, I was in Denver, and it, you know, it's it wasn't quite the same reception. I mean, you know, I'm from Denver. Mm -hmm. I try and really represent it. Very popular. I, there. I wish I would have had a Santa Rosa. A reception, but I didn't. I got back there for a, a taping of um, 
uh, podcast with mm-hmm. uh, with Doug Benson, mm-hmm. which you know I didn't feel. Sometimes I do this podcast, and you know, you, you, it's hard not to feel self conscious mm-hmm. when you don't feel like you've you've really dropped a hot pod. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, dropping hot yeah, pods. I mean, if you're dropping <laughs> hot yeah. pods, you're laying down the steaming yeah. hot pods. You know what I like to do after I after I drop down a sizzling pod? What I like to go. Taste it. Yeah. 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 Okay. When you drop down a, a, a custom fit tasted pod, <laughs> just the tastiest, the tastiest, the tastiest morsel. custom fit pod. Yeah. The hottest when pod. You, when you feel the tenderness. Yeah. You just walk out of there and you feel good. It's true. You feel a little embarrassed when you don't do as, you know quite as hot a pod. The kind of pods that are so Sizzling hot pod. that when you're walking through a crowded room holding onto those podcasts, spicy you're going, hot hey, pod. Hey, hot pods coming through. <laughs> spicy hot pod. And these are the spiciest hot pods. Get some pod. water. Spicy hot pod coming through. In fact, you might need some milk. This pod's so spicy hot. <laughs> so you didn't feel like it was yeah, spicy you, hot. Yeah, you can't. And you know, it's so that's tough because you're you know these things exist in perpetuity. That's the new weird. Mm-hmm. Aspect of podcasts is that you know a live radio show. That's I think why those morning DJs are such idiots because everything they say just kind of you know goes into the ether immediately after somebody hears it on the way to work. Well, that's how I felt about last week. I felt a little weird about it, you know, because we were you know yeah. we, you it was the twelfth episode. It was our twelfth episode. We were I was in the Space Needle, and uh, you know I'm not we as experienced with that. Yeah, but I think you know th- that's that, I think that's part of it though because I think that one of the cool things about dropping hot Hot pods. Super hot pods. The hottest, spiciest, Sizzling, spicy hot pods. Spicy hot Sizzling, spicy pods. <laughs> spicy hot potter. <laughs> I mean... It's not even pot anymore, it's know, potter. When it's, when, it is getting, when it's getting real hairy... you know, bedroom like a fox pot. You, you know when it's getting real hairy in the foxhole? I'm making nom references now. That's a hairy potter. <laughs> That's a Harry Potter. <laughs> that pod's got some wordplay. <laughs> that pod's got some English on it. All right, so see who's going to drop in next time. Cashing in is over at Nerdist.com. They're also on iTunes. People get into podcasting for various reasons. I did it because I used to do radio. I like performing. I know a lot of comedians. And no one else was doing a clip show like this, and no one else was usurping engineer Joe Polino's time. Charlie, Who's not here? Yeah, right? I guess uh, the blush is off the rose, is the way to put it. Anyway, Charlie Miller, on the other hand, started listening to Succotash back when we started. And after a little while, said to himself, hey, I can do my own podcast. And so he has. It's called the Random Variety Show Podcast out of San Diego. He's 17 and a half episodes in, and it's a curious blend of interviews with various San Diego-based theater people, interesting folks, and a few surprises like... Groucho Marx. Hello, I must be going. Hello, hi, this is Charlie Miller, and I'm looking for people to interview on my brand new podcast, the Random Variety Show podcast. Is that so? Yes, sir, yes, sir. Uh, Would you be interested in being interviewed for my show? Do I have to pay anything? No, no, not at all, sir. Well, then sure, I'll take part in your interview. Wonderful, thank you so much. Now, sir, to be included in the show... I will read to you a standard release form, which you'll have to verbally agree to, and that way I can include you in on the podcast. Is that all right with you, sir? What was your name, Sonny? Charlie Miller, sir. This will be used on the Random Variety Show podcast to be released in 2012. Charlie, is this the standard release form? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Standard release form. Mm. Uh, What's your first name, sir? Julius Henry Marx. But most people call me Groucho. Groucho Marx? So I've been told... 
At least that's what I answer to. But how, how is that possible? You died in 1977, 35 years ago. Well, Charlie, it's Charlie, right? That's your name, Charlie, isn't it, Charlie, right? Yes, sir, it is. Well, Charlie, I'll sum it up for you in two words. Artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence? <laughs> it sounds like something from Wall Street. Hey, look, who tells the jokes here? Sorry. Yes, artificial intelligence. AI is what I believe the layman's term for it is. But how is this possible? Well, as you know, the Internet's been growing exponentially for a good decade or more, hasn't it? Well, yes, it has. The, uh, the amount of information available out there is mind-numbing. You know, I could say something about numb minds, but I'm going to resist. So, with all this flux of information and media that is available at the click of a mouse or the stroke of a key or the swipe of a finger, coupled with all the servers and hosts and feeds and a bunch of other internet gobble that I don't completely understand, and, well, through the magic of the internet, voila, here I am. Are you telling me that with all the sources and servers and networks and everything else available in cyberspace that, it, that, that an artificial intelligence created you? Well, I'm not what you'd call a computer person, but that's what I can figure out. Wow, this is truly amazing. This is, this is incredible. So what year is it for you? Well, Charlie, that's the one strange thing I've had trouble figuring out. Figuring out the year is strange for you, but everything else is hunky-dory. Well, since the Internet has such a vast archive of media and information, and it may not be dated correctly, it can be difficult to distinguish one year from another. I know that right now it's 2012. However, I feel like it's 1961, right after you bet your life ended. Actually, it was canceled by NBC. And right after that ridiculous short-lived show, Tell It to Groucho, got canned. What a pain in the ass that was. Even the title was a pain in the ass. I don't want to get into it. I believe Tell It to Groucho was in 62. Was it? Well, at my age, you're allowed to forget some details now and then. So, let me get this straight. It feels like 1962 to you, but the rest of us, it's 2012? Well, I'm aware it's 2012, but I feel like it's 1962. Let me tell you, it's a strange feeling being a disembodied voice floating around the Internet. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, well, well, I, for one... I am certainly glad to have stumbled upon your contact information, sir. Me too, Charlie. I've been waiting for someone to talk to. It's been lonely these last few years. So, so you've been around for a few years now? Well, that's the hottest thing to pinpoint. I feel like it's 1962, but I know it's 2012. But I don't know how long I've been aware of my current existence. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Isn't it, though? So, to keep the explaining down to a minimum, we'll just chalk it up to the magic of the Internet. How's that sound? Does that sound good to you? I think that's a perfect answer, Mr. Marks. The magic of the Internet. Now, Groucho, I do have a question for you, and I hope you won't take offense to it. I'm already offended. Well, then, I'm sorry I won't ask the question. No, no, please, go ahead. I was kidding. Uh, I've been starved for conversation. And you won't take offense to it? Well, I'll tell you if I'm offended after I hear the question. How does that sound? Does that sound fair? Well... I, I believe in the whole AI thing, I do, and the magic of the Internet thing, but your, uh, your voice just doesn't sound right. First, you try being dead for 35 years. Second, you come back to life again by some crazy, unexplainable way that can only be placated by answering with an oxymoronic statement such as artificial intelligence, which happened to be developed by some unknown method deep within the vast servers and networks all throughout cyberspace 
the Internet. If people will believe those three things, who cares if my voice doesn't sound the same as it did over 50 years ago on archaic devices such as radio and television? This is the magic of the Internet. Of course my voice won't sound the same. I... I suppose you're right. Of course I'm right. I'm Groucho Marx. All right, so that's... uh my pal Charlie Miller. So you go up to randomvarietyshow.com to get more. You can also stop by iTunes or Stitcher Smart Radio. Another fine fellow who's leapt onto the podcasting soundstage in the last year is Ed Wallach, a guy from the Bay Area who's venturing onto the open mic stages around town as well for the past couple of years. He also credits Succotash with showing him a way to do his own thing on the interwebs, and it's been fun watching him develop his format and style along the way. I mentioned the networking thing that goes on among pod, amongst podcasters a little earlier, and Ed has become friends with Travis Clark from Tiny Odd Conversations, too. It sparked this bit that they improved out together one day called Jesse versus Jesse. As you'll hear, it's a battle of Jesse Venturas. So, Jesse, I've been wondering lately, based on Mayan hieroglyphs and other out-of-context anecdotal evidence, I know you've been investigating the Mayan connection to Al-Qaeda and the 9-11 attacks and Mitt Romney's heritage. Do you have anything you'd like to reveal to our audience on today's show, Jesse? Well, I found that uh, with all my massive research, that really, those are not graying temples on Mitt Romney's hair. Those are actually an alien entity that is controlling an android that they built on the world of Playlax that they brought here to try and infiltrate our government. And like you can see, if you look at the ancient astronaut theory of Sumeria, you'll see that goes all the way back that they were planning on on human engineering. And that, that that's just a given. That's just a given. Well, it's obvious, of course, that the human race is a modified monkey who was bred for slavery for mining on interplanetary scales. But for some reason, they never came back. We know that because otherwise those Mayan ruins wouldn't have become ruins. Well, clearly, and of course, also, that brings up the aquatic ape theory, which I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, where the, we are the, the ape species of the higher ape, that we were actually a water ape, that's why our, our fingers wrinkle in the water, because it's more textured. Of course, of course we believe in the water ape theory, Jesse, you know I believe in it. We have webbed toes. That's one of the reasons I know, evolutionarily, that is nothing but the truth. It couldn't be any more true. If you look at my face, clearly an orangutan fucked Kelsey Grammer, and that's how Jesse the Body Ventura came into this world. So, go ahead, Jesse. I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Babylon Brotherhood, Jesse. Are you familiar with them? The Babylon Brotherhood. Was that that band in the 60s that came out of northwestern Minnesota? It's entirely possible, but this is a different Babylon Brotherhood. Extol, please inform me, Jesse. Well, the Babylon Brotherhood controls all of humanity, and they're actually these shape-shifting reptilian humanoids that have uh, infiltrated and mixed with our race, and that the several prominent figures of, of society, according to uh, David Ake, uh, are, are these half reptilian shapeshifters that feast on human blood to maintain their uh, human appearance. Those uh, prominent figures are, of course, George W. Bush, Queen Elizabeth II, and Chris Christopherson. 
Well, it's obvious that it's obvious that Queen Elizabeth II is some kind of fucked up croft puppet. So anyone with any sense could see that that woman is a fucking alien in disguise. I find it more interesting that they've been preparing us for this through shows like V and through uh, Scientology for this whole alien lizard takeover. Yeah, Ed is over it. It's scaring me. Uh, yeah, don't listen too closly. Uh, it's just a bit. It's just a comedy bit. It's scaring me just uh, a bit. Ed's over at don'tquityourdaycast.com. He's also on iTunes. Uh, we've heard from Will Gilman over at the Hustle podcast again. He was a little worried sending in a clip that maybe he'd send in a clip too soon after the last time we played him. But, uh, hey, until we get completely inundated with clips, I don't care. If you're a comedy podcaster, send it on in. What the heck? Uh, he and co-host Adam Tucker over at The Hustle run conversationally amuck with a variety of guests, comedians, musicians, and I think random dudes off the street sometimes. Here they have fellow comedians Harry J. Riley and Justin McNiff in the house, and they're riffing about men having a limit on the number of erections we get in our lifetimes. Hmm, that may explain a few things. Okay, this is my theory. This is my theory. There's a reason why people need the little blue pill. And my theory is because we as men are given a a set amount of erections. We get a set amount in our lifetime. And when we run out, we just fucking run out. And when you run out, you should not be getting a little blue pill. You should say, hey, I've had a lot of erections. I shouldn't have gone to all the strip clubs. I really fucked up. Shouldn't have pushed my luck. Yeah. Like, I think, like, like the average is probably like a couple hundred thousand. And then you should probably run out of that in your 60s. You'd hope. Yeah. And then some of these people who need it when they're 35, you were a porn star. And that's why you fucked up. Adam, have you run out of erections yet? Um, no. <laughs> I've not needed a blue pill. Alisa, has Justin run out of erections yet? Not as of this morning. Oh. 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 oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that means they had sex. <laughs> if so, I don't remember it. And there's oh, 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 wow. What? Was and that was called Morning Wood. I don't think Morning Wood would count towards your um, allotment of yeah, that yeah. Yeah. Because you're not really doing anything. That no, that just kind of happens. Yeah. It, 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 it causes me to roll over off my stomach when sleeping. Does that mean you can get like rollover erections? Like if you don't use any of your erections in your 20s or 30s, you can like save up? Yeah. That's why a lot of us can keep going until we're 90. I know in my teens, I wasn't doing shit. Yeah. I think Harry has something going on there with that theory because then you start getting penis cancer after. <laughs> I think I should get funded. <laughs> if you want to fund Harry, attend his show on the 21st and 22nd at Spokane Comedy Club. Damn, and come up to him with a grant. Yes. And I will show you my finger. <laughs> And by thing, I mean my penis. <laughs> but weirdly enough, he can also pee from his fingers. <laughs> no, 
that would be so convenient. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could piss in a bush without getting arrested. You just oh. I'm just hey, what are you doing? Oh. <laughs> okay. Although that would, that would also be great, like to fend off a robber, like somebody's like, yeah, just give me your money. Bullshit. Like, <laughs> how is there not a Marvel superhero? <laughs> that's like that's his powers. Because ah. what do you name him? You name him like Piss Man? Like, oh man, his name's like Urinal Cake or something like that. I don't know. That's a great joke. <laughs> I'm doing it tonight. I'm doing it tonight. Look out below. Here comes it. Oh, he's wearing a cape. He must be a hero. Are you Superman or are you Batman? No, fuck you. I'm urinal cake. <laughs> <laughs> you smell weird. Are you supposed to make this smell better? What is your function? I did have asparagus last night. You can blow me. <laughs> What's your power? I can only retain liquids for one hour, and I feel very ashamed about what I've done. <laughs> All right, have yourself more of the hustle at StolenDesk.com. iTunes, Stitcher, they're even feeding live on Ustream, so check them out. <laughs> they did a whole thing about peeing, and they're on Ustream. Ah, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, you're finally in the groove, buddy. Oh, man. we got to give you a little bit more leash, I think, to run. Our intrepid political correspondent, Will Durst, again, he was supposed to be here today, but that was just kind of an iffy proposition. He'll be, he'll be here. Anyway, he has a new ebook out just in time for the big November elections. It's called Elect to Laugh, and it's a collection of his election year rants and observations, both from his act and from the syndicated column he writes. You may even see a few familiar passages that you've heard right here before on our Burst of Durst segment. It's a cheap buy, a great read, and the perfect time of year if you want to get your political dander up. We'll have a link at SuccotashShow.com, but you can also get over to Will's site at WillDurst.com and grab it there. In the meantime, here's the latest from our ambassador to the middle. Hey guys, Will Durst here to say I'm worried about Mitt Romney. Seriously, the guy just might be running the worst campaign ever. And yes, that includes France in 39 and the print ads for organic hemp underwear. Not to mention McCain-Palin in 08, which currently holds the gold standard for lousy campaigns. But we're talking bad on a whole new level here. Bad like a dumpster behind a fish market during a garbage strike bad. Bad like a $3 Avengers DVD bought off a cardboard table in Times Square with Russian subtitles bad. Bad like Todd Aiken at a NARAL benefit bad. And every time the former governor of Massachusetts opens his mouth, it gets worse. He's tone-deaf, tongue-tied, logically challenged, and as approachable as a nearsighted porcupine in heat. So uncomfortable around real people. You can practically hear him whispering, icky, 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 under his breath while shaking hands at rallies. You know there's an aide with a bottle of Purell hand sanitizer waiting for him on the bus. Maybe even a 55-gallon drum connected to a shower head. He calls 47% of America moochers and malingerers. Now, the major problem with insulting 47% of the public is that at least 58% of them were either part of that 47%. Maybe it's the extra-large silver spoon in his mouth that keeps him from seeing the view from the middle class. Can't understand why they just don't pull themselves up by the bootstraps like he did when his daddy loaned him his first million. Face it, if Bain Capital were running this thing, they'd close it down, fire him, and hire some Chinese guy to do it cheaper and better. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. 
Thank you, Will Durst. Again, find him at willdurst.com. He also tweets at Will Durst. And again, you can find a link to his Elect to Laugh ebook at SuccotashShow.com. Epi 36 is now officially over, Kenny, so you can relax. Thanks so much for listening. If you are a comedy podcaster, that, thanks for oh, the Stop! Alan, oh, sorry! Oh, Kenny. Just, just relax. Relax and have yourself a starter kick, Kenny. Calm down. So as I was saying, if you, oh, if you're a comedy podcaster and want us to feature your show on Suckatash, just send a three to five minute MP3 clip to clips at SuckatashShow.com. If you're a listener to comedy podcasts, I have just one simple request for you. Won't you please just pass the succotash? Please. Bye, Kenny. Bye. So I repeat. So I repeat. So I repeat. How do I get out of here?